Okay, everyone, this is Tales of the Cryptids, a podcast about cryptids, conspiracies, cults, demons, serial killers, and any other horrors, real or not. Join us today for some good laughs as we uncover the truths about the strange and the unexplained. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Tales of the Cryptid. I'm here with the co-host, Ronnie Rose, and two morning poops, Ross Perrin. We have a special guest this week, and that's going to be me, Joe Buckley. Just sitting in, might chime in. Today, we're going to be talking about men in black. But before we get into the discussion, we want to know what topics you, the listeners, are interested in talking about. You can hit us up on Instagram at Tales of the Cryptid. Yep. Oh, and also your host, Adam's here. <laughs> all right yeah uh you can hit us up at tales of cryptids all underscores in between uh the words so at tales underscore of underscore the underscore cryptids we'd really like to know what uh you listeners out there would like us to talk about so all right so um before we delve into everything did y'all have like any trouble finding any information on this well uh, obviously as you can see it's a very touchy subject you know these are people we'll get into their origins and everything in their history but they don't want you to fucking know. Mm. And I'm trying not to curse as much, but yeah, it's I did my true. research. I watched some uh, Men in Black movies over the, uh, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Uh, over the weekend. Will Smith's yeah. lying to you. Yeah, that's like basically that's all I saw was like uh, the last Men in Black. That's all I was like, like what can I figure oh, yeah. out about Men in Black? And I was like, here's the cast. Yeah. Like, Men in Black oh. International. Yeah. No, I don't need that. Diversion tactics. So, who are the Men in Black? Well, the Men in Black or MIB. For sure, are possibly government agents or aliens in disguise with the goal of suppressing witnesses from sharing their UFO and alien encounters. Witnesses have described the MIB as wearing black suits with dark hats that uh, travel around in black cars. They carry themselves in like an authoritative manner, causing many people to believe that they are government agents. These shadowy characters have no eyebrows or eyelashes or facial hair and are bold. So- that's sus shit. You have yeah. some hair up there. I'll, yeah, I'm losing it. Okay, don't talk about it. See, like, the thing is, I'll never go bald, but I'll go white by the time I'm, yeah, like, 35. Cool. Like, that's... that. I'm, I'm cursed with those jeans. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry to derail. You were, like, you were like clean-shaven, like, last week, and now it's, like, like it's full It literally yeah. grows back within, like, a week and just, like, stubble central. <laughs> it's it's one of those, like... I need the shampoo uh, you're using. Oh, God. <laughs> Romanian-infused. <laughs> Jesus. Dead seed. Yeah. Yeah. No. You just use horse hair and mane, right? Oh, God. Tail and mane. Groom it, my luscious locks. So, uh, yeah, often uh, the Mib's faces are expressionless when speaking. And uh, someone would, uh, some it's like basically their, face, their faces wouldn't move like they were uh, wearing a mask. Uh, some have been described... Uh, their skin is being like plastic or unnatural. One encounter I hope to delve into, maybe in like part two of this, is uh, Dr. Herbert Hopkins and his encounter with MIB. So Hopkins like unknowingly let a, a MIB into his home uh, when the MIB wiped his mouth with like uh, the back of his hand, like reddish pink uh, lipstick like smeared onto his cheek. Uh, Hopkins then realized that uh, this dude didn't have any lips. Like he just had like a slit where his mm. face was. Uh, and this like really freaked him out. So it's kind of like, hopefully we can delve delve into that maybe uh, next time. I don't know, but it kind of had like these encounters all have that similar kind of interactions where 
you like you get reports and like you're kind of in researching UFOs and kind of delving into the topics and then you know suddenly you have this one breaking piece of information and then you get a call and it's kind of like it's crazy how this this track record is and they know immediately it's like they're tapped into our systems they're connected they have you know my whole thing is they have to be tied with deeper agents like how can they know immediately when something's going on they have all the information and granted this goes back to like as far as 1947 so that kind of ties in with you know roswell they were on the most they didn't have the internet back then they were calling your house up they were tapping your shit and then they were there well it's hard to believe that there's there's uh, nothing like this that might exist I mean, we have spooks, we have different government agencies that, you know, people, just normal people do not know about whatsoever. You know, so it's why wouldn't we have, you know, something where we would wipe people's minds to, you know, see, like, hey, we don't want you to know about something like this. Didn't they just come out in the government saying that um, they believe aliens exist? Well, yeah. So Full they... disclosure happened in November. Yeah, that, that's, yeah. That's what like I said. Heard, heard like the, I need to look more into November. The, yeah, the declassified like declassifieds, but like wow. there's CIA declassified files that they released saying that they have had contact and then wow. there are witnesses. There's a lot of reports from the Navy saying, yeah, we have tons of these sightings we can't explain. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just like, vanishes like just just crafts that just like vanish, yeah. you know, and then they're on the other side of like. Well, plus family. it's just like. Someone doesn't have an agenda when they're in the military. Their prerogative is to report what they saw. You know, they're not lying. They don't have any hoaxes. Like, they're they're trying to say, well, we saw something a little sketchy, but it's our job to report it, and then it just gets lost in yeah. this big government upheaval of files and bureaucracy. Does it make you guys nervous? Oh, hell yeah. I think it would it'd be really nervous if I saw somebody without lips, though. Oh, well, yeah. Like... A reptilian shapeshifter. That freaked me out. Well, that's pretty consistent in a lot of these first-hand accounts, is that, like, it's not just that, you know, no lips. It's just something's, like, not right. Like, you just look at the, this person, and there's something off. Yeah, like, the way that they're, they're moving. It's just, like, it's just, you can kind of tell. It's just something's not right. That's what a lot of these first-hand accounts get back into. Well, plus, it's, like, some say, like, it's almost like a robotic, like, they're learning how to be humans, like, while it happens. Like, it's kind of weird. And then another strange thing is, like, I was looking into Albert J. Bender a little bit, and I'll get into his story a little bit later, but it's the, they leave a trail of sulfur behind, mm. and they have this weird odor, and then they vanish. And so there's, like, it's, it's hard to believe some of these accounts sometimes because they, they go, you know, a little, little skeptic in me. It's, they, they find these people, usually people in the sci-fi community. I'm sorry, every MUFON listener out there and advocate, but... You got some shit going on. You got to put some deodorant on every once in a while. People won't take you seriously. Take a shower, trim the beards a little bit. I'm with you, but it's we got to have a certified attack. And you know, once we're all on the same page, well, a lot of these investigators they want the credit for breaking the ground story. No, we have to combine our data and we have to work together. Move on. Never happened. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Wow. Well. I should get into the origins of this. Definitely. Okay. So, it seems that uh, all this MIB, uh, MIB nonsense <laughs> uh, started June 27, 1947. Uh, and it's very interesting because the Roswell incident uh, was occurring in the middle of 1947 as well. So, summer of 1947 was a very, very, uh, I'll say, fun 
Oh, there's a lot of shit going on. Interesting coincidence. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, some might say. Maybe for your race. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait, whose race? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Ross, Ross. They were still, yeah. They're coming for us, though. I mean, I don't know. It's like one of those, like... When when people come, they want to know. We got to give them the truth. Yeah. Too much sus things happening. <laughs> All right. So Harold, uh, I guess his name is Dahl. I think so. Yeah. D A H L. Harold Dahl uh, was doing some conservation work on his boat at the Puget Sound near the eastern shore of Washington State's uh, Mary Island. Dahl saw. Dahl saw. Doll saw six donut-shaped structures hovering roughly around 2,000 feet above his boat. The objects were made up of uh, some reflective metal and were about 100 feet in diameter. The center holes were about 25 feet in diameter, and Doll said uh, he also saw round portholes in what he thought was an observation window. Five of these donut craft circled over the sixth craft, and then the sixth craft... craft, uh, Descended almost 1,500 feet, so like 500 feet right above their boat. Well, I mean, he probably saw, like, you know, you're the only man out there on the water. You know, you, what was that? I think he was with his kid or something, and or wasn't he out there with his kid? Yeah, he like... was, yeah, and his, and his dog, too. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, obviously they go and check it out, and it, if all of a sudden something from 2,000 feet just descends like crazy, you know those, like, roller coaster rides and, like, mm-hmm. the boardwalk? Yeah. Or they like just like shoot you up real fast and like in a matter imagine in a matter of seconds like you have an like an unidentified object five hundred feet away from you that spooked the shit out of you. It's like these people have these experiences, but the only thing is it's they're alone and you know eyewitness accounts aren't it's hard to believe. you know it's not as credible. And but this is like something you know in the forties like this has yeah. been happening. So sorry, continue, Adam. So. uh Dahl steered his boat to shore because he was afraid that the aircraft was going to crash into his boat. Uh, so once off shore, Dahl took several pictures with his camera. The lower uh, ship stayed in position for about five minutes, uh, with the others still circling above. One of the ships left the formation and moved down, touching the lower ship. And the two kept in contact for several minutes, until Dahl heard a thud. And suddenly, thousands of pieces of uh, what he thought were newspapers just dropped from inside the center ship. He realized that the newspaper was actually uh, rainy metallic debris, and some of the debris looked like uh, black molten lava as well. Charles, uh, is a okay, doll's son, uh, was struck in the arm by some of the, the debris, and the family dog was also on the boat and um, was injured. And uh, unfortunately, the dog did not survive. See, that's, that's when it gets personal. Yeah. Once you take, you know, kill my dog, I'm, I'm coming for you. Yeah. I'm sorry. This is actually the plot of John Wick 4. It's happening. Aliens drop we're actually, space metal, molten space metal. John Wick actually takes out the men in black. Wow. Uh, that, that's, that's, the, that's the new movie. I'm a huge John Wick so, fan. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know it's dropping the same day as uh, The Matrix. Oh, is it really? That's going to be insane. They better not kill the dog again, I swear to God. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the Matrix is coming out again. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Keanu that's going to be fun. Keanu. You know, that's actually, he's made the most royalties off of uh, The Matrix. Like, he's the I richest so. actor because he didn't, like, they didn't have any random aside Matrix fan. It didn't have, like, a, a fourth. They didn't foresee, like, it being so big as it was. Yeah. So Keanu took, like, 
$200,000, like, pay cut or, yeah. like, paycheck. And then he was just like, yeah, give me any royalties. Yeah. And the highest grossing royalties film wow. ever. Oh, my God. That's, That's awesome. He's still making money off of it to this it's day. Like yeah. Samuel L. Jackson's been in a lot of movies. He's been making some Oh, royalties out the ass. Yeah. But. So. Um, back to Dell. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm going to post this uh, picture up on our IG but I just wanted to show all of y'all here. So there's like the uh, the portholes, the donut shapes, the windows, um, and all the debris coming down. And for all you listeners, it's kind of like that classic uh, donut saucer looking thing. You know, like without the classic tattoo of a cow getting sucked up into, mm, you know, yeah. a UFO. But just imagine the dome. No dome, no top dome, but a lot of like porthole windows mm-hmm. like you're in a submarine. So, uh, the ships rose into the air and headed west out to sea together. Dahl tried the radio for his help, uh, for help, but, uh, his radio suddenly did not work. So Dahl took his son to the hospital for treatment and then told his bo- uh, boss, Fred Kreisman, uh, what had happened. Now, uh, Dahl did give Kreisman his camera and they went to get the prints developed and they did show, uh, these, they say that they, uh, that these, strange airships were caught on camera but uh unfortunately there was a lot of little dots on the negatives um and they were saying it was caused by exposure to radiation so hmm there's i mean none of these pictures have ever been produced you know maybe because they just had the negatives and then what do you think so hard to believe it's like the bigfoot thing no yeah it's like oh yeah i saw a bigfoot well did you take a picture of it you know and plus it would be hard to take a picture I'd be like running, I'm like, ah, ah, like moving my like, arm <laughs> left, right, like makes like people. Possible. I show like people the video, like all oh, the agents will be sitting down. Just, like, is, everybody getting vertigo. It's like I can't yeah. watch this. Like, thank you, Mr. Actually, like, Adam. You can hear your cautiously walking away from vertigo. <laughs> That's why it's so hard to believe some of these accounts. Sometimes it's just it's just like where's the proof? Yeah, you know. Where's so, the proof? Yeah. Well, it gets a little bit more interesting. So, uh, his, uh, Dahl's boss, Christman, went back to Murray Island and, uh, he decided to gather up some of the rock samples and he said while he was there, uh, one of the donut airships actually appeared overhead and, uh, like as if it was, it was watching him. So Dahl told investigators, uh, that next morning, a man wearing a black suit visited him and suggested that they went to breakfast together. Uh, Dahl drove his own car following this uh, stranger's new black Buick to a restaurant. While they ate, uh, the stranger asked no questions. Uh, instead, he just gave a detailed account of what had happened to Dahl that day, uh, the, the day before. Uh, the man in black warned Dahl that bad things would happen to him and his family if he told anybody about the incident. Dahl and Kreisman did, however, send a package to publisher Ray Palmer in Chicago. The package contained a box of metal fragments and stated that the strange happenings on the 21st and 22nd of July. Um, so, uh, sorry, but like basically all that stuff, you know, in the package had had all whatever happened, like all his all. I know this uh, happened in like 47, but like when was this uh, reported on? Like so this is the first account. So this happened. This was and, it within that year, yeah. I'm June. Sure. This happened June twenty seventh, uh, nineteen forty seven. Oh, so they reported it. So day. he reported it the next day, and then he sent um, 
a package to Ray Palmer in Chicago on July. Well, that's really weird because I'm looking at these notes and it doesn't make any sense. But because like off these notes that I I've wonder, taken, like, did they record the um, like him calling in about it? You know, like I know they said that he uh, reported it, but did they record? I feel like all of these like encounters happened in some like old 1940s diner and yeah. just like three cigarettes being smoked yeah. like, yeah. like <laughs> just an old lady pouring you coffee sad. the entire time being like reports say mm. can't can't trust them like, been... why were they so like why were they, well I don't know if they were or not but why is everything so like uh, sent to like the midwest when it comes to like aliens alien sightings and things like that I think there's because there's not much else going on light pollution what? I think it's light pollution. Yeah. Can't see anything on the East Coast. Yeah. You know what this reminds me of? You know, like telling him this is what happened to you yesterday. That's kind of like in the Men in Black movies when they flash it. But yeah, I guess yeah, this is yeah. the 40s and I don't have the flasher yet. So yeah. it's like you just got to yeah. blackmail him. He had a flashlight. A big, one of those big black flashlights. <laughs> <laughs> and stuff. So, yeah, sorry. I don't know what happened about these dates here on my notes. But he, send, he, he sends this package of all his uh, findings on that day to uh, Ray Palmer. And a few weeks ago, he saw a man. He's, yeah, 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 yeah. So he, they witnessed the UFOs. The next day, this man's like, "Hey, let's go, like, okay, take a drive to his yeah. diner and talk over breakfast." Where this man in black, um, See, just a- just told him exactly what happened to yeah. to him. He didn't right. ask any questions. So Dahl went to the public with this. Yeah. So this is like the first part. He like, even though this man. Uh, Basically, it was like like bad things are gonna happen to you and your family if you tell. He did go and like he did make a a, a what's it called a statement. You know, so to would you take that risk? Well, for the truth, you know, it depends. You know, Dude, I think comes to me in all black and he's like, you know, hey motherfucker, if you say something. I'm not saying shit. Honestly, I don't think that like even if I said it, I think most people today would just think I'm crazy. It's like who is it, this guy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they would. Like so, what would it matter? You know, yeah, I would just man. tell. I'll, I'll be like, like in the middle of the street screaming. I'll they tell, came to my house. Yeah. Man. Got nothing to lose. Yeah. <laughs> what if I reverse it on? I was like, if you talk about this, yeah. I'll come hunt you down. I wonder. Yeah. I wonder if Bob Lazar has any account of. Uh, you, you never know. He, that man was contacted by so many people. The government probably held the men about from coming to him. Yeah. I don't know. Conspiracies. Yeah. All right. So a few weeks later, uh, uh, this reporter, Palmer, contacted Kenneth Arnold, uh, who had begun investigating UFOs. Uh, Arnold and airline pilot E.J. Smith met with uh, Dahl and Kreisman, examined Dahl's boat, and conducted interviews. Uh, and what's weird, like I told you before, he didn't produce any of the pictures. Maybe that was because like the actual the negatives were, were kind of trash. But so he didn't, yeah. But uh, Dahl also told Arnold that his son had disappeared. Uh, later, uh, Dahl says that his son was found waiting tables in Montana, but he could not remember how he got there. Mm. That's interesting. See, that's some like the weird abduction stuff, though. You know, another flasher. Yeah, like spot hit him with it real quick. Take him out to Montana. You didn't remember anything. You don't. You see nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean. Especially, like, especially if like he got burns from from the incident, yeah. right? Like, then they're like, oh, we have to flash this guy. Like this guy, it's just his his word. But this kid has like 
like a damaged arm. That's what I'm saying. Like that's the evidence. Like there, so Montana wind tables. What did they do with the dead dog, though? Isn't that evidence? Oh, they. uh, (laughs) I I was gonna leave this part out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no! They they gave him a they gave him a sailorman's burial, Mm -hmm. dumped him overboard. Yeah. So. Jeez. Can't fit all the facts into these things. But I've heard a lot of accounts like that actually, where people have um, they're missing time. At, at night or something where they're saying like oh well, I was abducted at a certain point and then I woke up and then I was you know in Just, my kitchen or something yeah. weird you know, well that's what I like it, the well I saw like but you don't know because some of these people are also like prone to mental illness how much is that is ambient too yeah exactly you know? they like, actually say that losing time is a precondition to having a stroke so a lot of people mm-hmm. who have strokes often report having lost chunks like 40-45 mm-hmm. minutes wow Hmm. It makes sense. Like half their body shuts down. Oh, exactly. The part that keeps time probably shuts down. Yeah, man. I guess, do you keep, where do you track time on your left side? Isn't it your left <laughs> side of your brain or something <laughs> like that? Watch. You know, I'm going to go down. All right. We're, we're, not, we're not scientists. We're not men. Yeah. So, uh, on the afternoon of July 31st, pilots and um, intelligence specialist Captain Lee Davidson and First Lieutenant Fra- Frank Brown of the U.S. Uh, Army Air Force flew up to Tacoma from Hamilton Field, California. They met with Arnold Smith and Christman for several hours. One of the officers said that uh, he thought that there might be something to this story, but they had to leave around midnight. And the reason why is because um, they had to hurry back to Hamilton Field on August 1st, which was the day when the Air Force was um, splitting from the Army. So the Air Force used to be part of the Army. This was a very special day. So they uh, they had to go. But... The two officers flew out to McCord Airfield around 2 a.m. in the morning on a B-25 bomber with a crew of uh, two other men. About 20 minutes later, the airplane crashed near uh, Central Washington. The two enlisted men that they brought with them managed to parachute safely, but Davidson and Brown were killed, making them the Air Force's first casualties. Hmm. So that's interesting. Uh, Don Kreisman said that the officers took some of the strange metal on board with them, and people thought they had heard anti-aircraft guns shooting down the uh, plane. And uh, the local newspapers and FBI received phone calls stating that the plane was shot down uh, to cover up information. So all the evidence from the crash was on that plane? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, Yeah. again, some slash shit. Now, uh, there are people that have gone to this lake to try to receive medals and stuff, mm-hmm. um, but well, that's no one like recent Roswell. has found anything. You know, it's like Roswell with the, the, you know, the piece of metal that they found, and then, you know, there's, like, accounts of soldiers hitting it with, you know, I was like, we were talking about it in the last uh, earlier episode, they would hit it with a hammer, and then they're, you know, like the old cartoons, they would start, you know... Boing. That's like technology that we haven't had. We've never seen, you know, steel. You know, that steel doesn't even do that. So, but sorry. No, dude, that's awesome. Besides, oh. I don't trust please, it. Please continue. <laughs> so, uh, because of the loss of these two uh, uh, pilots, the Air Force brought in their investigation, and the FBI launched their own. The Air Force investigator determined that the crash had been a, a terrible accident. One of the engines caught fire and the men began bailing out. Before Brown and Davidson could jump out, a wing broke and struck the tail section, which also broke off. The plane went into a spin, trapping the men inside. So that's what the uh, Air Force investigator said. Uh, 
Another Air Force investigator spoke with Dahl and Kreisman and visited their boat. He stated that the damage he saw did not match the damage that Dahl and Kreisman described. So it seems like they're starting to get kind of Mm -hmm. uh, set up. Uh, His conclusion, along with another FBI investigator... uh, Investigator? Yeah, investigator. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Just sounded weird to me. Like alligator. (laughs) That's what popped into my mind. Like an alligator investigator. Investigator. Men in black alligator (laughs) in a suit with fedora. So these, yeah, these two investigators both agreed that Dahl and um, Christman had faked the incident to gain uh, publicity for a magazine article. Well, yeah. that would kind of be in line with him sending the package straight away to the magazine. Yeah, that is true. Hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's kind of like the timeline is just too close-knit together mm. for, you know, these this suspicious man to have so much information. Yeah. It's like... Either he was part, you know, he, you know, the man in black probably, do you think, okay, so talking, this is, you know, speculative, is he a part of what was witnessed on Murray Island, or was it just like, alright, we can make, <coughs> like, any contact, we need to contact or division on Earth, and, you know, have you know, distractions put out, and, you know, misinformation, and... You know, we need to contain anything. You know, I always think of the Chernobyl. Like, mm. we need to contain the spread of misinformation. Cut the well, phone I mean, lines. Well, confusion is a big key. Yeah. You know, in order to keep oh, and, yeah. American people in the dark. Yeah, and, and when we were that last episode when we were talking about uh, the uh, Area Fifty One, mm-hmm. like Roswell was like another incident where it was like it seemed like there was some incidental You're too uh, fast. Yeah, like, I feel like people were just reacting, and that's why there's reports out of a UFO. Mm-hmm. This is another one where, like, they're, they go, and they're like, oh, yeah, this is something, and they take evidence back, and then, mysteriously, their plane goes down, goes down. but the other two uh, uh, people that were with them escaped, the two other officers. But the, so they, it's like, maybe, were they, like, assassinated in there? Did they, like, trap them in there? It's like a Bane situation from Batman. Yeah, yeah. We need bodies in the wreckage. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> fuck. Yeah, so like, I don't... Great movie. If, if, you, if you just, like, decide in your mind for whatever reason to, like, believe, like, any part of that, that that's like a big red flag of, like, so these like, two officers who had all the evidence also died and there's no evidence now. Yeah, it it just like so happened like the happenstances are like too much like yeah and that's where like I you know all the skeptics out there I get it but it, again this is there's been more than it well, like it's nothing new no exactly you but know, like forty seven that Jeffrey Epstein today mm-hmm. you know yeah <laughs> we've been wiping our hands clean for a long time I think it's interesting that in you know Dahl's attempt to take this public he also simultaneously discredits himself and i feel like that's sort of a thing that happens to a lot of these people that see something you know it's always like people are immediately questioning why are you trying to get this publicity about this is this is there an ulterior motive is there a monetary motive but like it seems like he may have really just wanted the people to know but yeah, it just it looks like you know it, it looks like he's trying to get the magazine yeah 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 that's true got personal and I don't, that's a lot like his son was in montana dining tables but like, went to the hospital for injury. Okay. I, I would like to know what. Like, I guess well, the the son didn't know how he got there, so maybe his his memory was wiped. What's that like? A, they didn't the, really elaborate on, on like PTSD. Part. You know, like some you, your brain just blocks out portions mm-hmm. of your memory just because of like horror stress. sake and stress yeah. and yeah. being any able record to of mental illness for this guy. So, 
They probably wouldn't even know back then. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like one of those that's like, you know, just beat your kid a little more. He'll listen. Like, time era. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, scary. What was interesting was like, the FBI warned uh, Dahl and Christman that their that what they said was a hoax. Um, like, basically they are like, we'll prosecute, prosecute you um, if you... Take this say, if you say that this really happened, but you need to take responsibility and tell everybody right now that this was a lie. Mm-hmm. And uh, at first, they went along with it, and they made a statement that their story was fake, and they simply refused to go uh, to give any more interviews at, on the matter after that. But a few years later, in January 1950, um, on the issue of Fate magazine, Christman stated that uh, the incident had happened, and Kenneth Arnold included... Um, Murray Island in his book 1952 um, I'm sorry in his 1952 book The Coming of the Saucers so I mean I think like today a lot of people like we're talking about said that they're they're probably faking it but I think like just based on this this narrative I mean I there's like some I was just say speculation because we don't have any like really good evidence right here in front of us Besides what other people said. Um, Anytime, you know, the uh, FBI tells anyone to, hey, you need to quiet down a little bit, then, you know, I want to talk a little louder. You yeah. see what that's No, about. exactly. Well, and plus it's like, it's the, that scare tactics, that, that old school, timey, you know, mm-hmm. if you worked for one company, that's, that's where you worked, and if you couldn't get a job there, you were fucked, you yeah, know? Man. And the guy who, uh, who he went to breakfast with, like that's basically what he was saying. It's like your your family's gonna get messed up. Like you're not gonna enjoy this process. Yeah. And it's like very authoritative and don't mess with Mib. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I mean that's I mean that's like the little portion I have. Ross, I'd, did you wanna? I do think to be the skeptic, I think it is a little interesting that the, when he does finally go public again, it is Fate Magazine, which we discussed earlier is the magazine that Palmer himself founded, who, who was his confidant in the beginning. So, I mean, he is sort of only going public with this one magazine, which is where he originally sent the rocks. Mm-hmm. So I can see how the FBI might think there's a monetary connection there. It does seem a little fishy. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's true. Yeah, so. That was his favorite. <laughs> He wanted to only him because he knew he, Palmer was so respectable. He couldn't give it to like the the trash magazine. And there's probably only three magazines back then. Yeah, that's true. But nationwide, I mean, three, <laughs> including <laughs> time. Yeah, and ten books written. Okay. So many people <laughs> to read. So I, okay, I to take it to like in the same time period. I was looking into Albert Bender, and so. I was mostly looking at his book, uh, Flying Saucer, the Flying Saucers and Three Men, and so it's kind of interesting how it's around the same like time period in the nineteen forty late nineteen forties and early nineteen fifties. So again, you can kind of see like a trend happening across like the west coast of like of spottings, and this kind of even goes back, you know, as soon as you know two thousand ten hits, kind of mass media hysteria of UFOs kind of dropped. And I think that has a lot to do with, you know, modern technology and the cell phone. You know, people are able to catch, like, a snapshot of anything on a whim. And I think they know that. And they're not fucking with us because of it, you know. There are, I mean, there are, uh, yeah. I mean, there are videos caught on on cameras, but 
like your your phone camera it's not like eight megabytes like a couple years ago for me five six years ago your camera was like three uh, megapixels i mean Mm -hmm. like it was really bad camera quality and then only now till today you know like do we have an actual you know professional you know most iphones but four cameras in them now like did you paying mostly for like a computer that can edit they has like photoshop it in like immediately you know, the rise in quality of cameras you also get the rise in how well we can fake stuff that's true so god god there's also part uh i took this uh picture with my camera of the moon mm-hmm. and first i was like lo- like standing straight up looking up right and my arm started to get tired so any little like movement was like a thousand miles away from the moon. Oh, it did. Right? Yeah. So I eventually laid down on the ground and put my elbows on the ground, and so I was like stable mm. and took the picture of the moon. And th- these pictures were were so beautiful. Um, so like, just imagine just trying to like a uh, uh, like a object moving back and forth, and you can have your camera, but if it's like two thousand feet in the air, and you're trying to figure it out, and like. It's going off your screen. Mm-hmm. Well, that's like, when plus, and, and plus you need... Yeah, so. Oh, God. That's what we're paying for, 1500 bucks a phone, damn it. Jeez. All right. So, Albert Bender, interesting character. Just kind of give you, like, a little bit of his back, his story, back history. So, in the, 19, in the early 1940s, he was working at Acme Shear Company as the chief timekeeper. So, you can imagine what type of man is working as the chief time he for a job. You know, it's kind of like that dick from accounting. Make sure your time cards are stamped on the hour, damn it. You know? Same sandwich every day. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, he was, as you can tell, very OCD. And man had like 20 clocks in his house. Damn. And so, he lived with his stepfather in, I think it was Newport, uh, Massachusetts. Um, and so... He kind of, he created, which is really weird. He was really into sci-fi, like, growing up. And so he made his attic. So he lived in, he lived in his attic. And he called, he, he turned it into something called the, the Chamber of Horrors. And wow. so... I have, a, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Like, how, how was his relationship with his, his step, was this his stepdad? It was just, just him and his stepdad. So I wasn't, I, I didn't think really... he was, like, he was growing up and tinkering with, with, uh... Like clocks, clocks and stuff, and his dad, real dad, left. He's like, I can't take the ticking. Well, apparently, he just like, left, and then, well, and then this dude is like, I love clocks. Like, this is a way for us to bond. So come to my house. So the, even the even the mom leaves. She's like, fucking can't take it. And, and well, so now they're together, like working on clocks. Like it would it go off every fifteen minutes, though. Every fifteen thirty minutes, the whole house would go off. Oh my Jesus Christ! So it's like they obviously like probably <laughs> the like whole house would go yeah, off. no like literally imagine twenty grandfather clocks just like. Uh, no so obviously you got to be a little neurotic just to live in this house and but the weird thing is like he would invite friends back Mm. over and then he would rig up little dangers for them like you know he'd pull a little string and like fake spiders would come like jumping down and you know just for all like shits and giggles so again yeah well it's like but he was the only nerd cast like no one knew about the party except for him and then he would just like kind of wait and see but, like, you know, he painted, like, the solar system on, like, an empty wall. Mm. And so, as you can tell, not much going on. Had lots of time. Lots of free time on his hand. And so, he kind of started to really go, you know, delve hot, deeper into the supernatural. <clears throat> and it was weird, though, because his family was actually 
like as he grew up i don't really know what happened to his parents or why he just lives with his stepdad but they would always tell him about local stories and of like ghosts visiting them from their local graveyard so you can imagine that you know as a kid being told all these stories and you kind of want to delve deeper so but he, it really started because he was just an enthusiast but so the kenneth arnold uh the sightings and flight 19 was what really you know kick-started this fascination for him and so the kenneth arnold one you know was an american aviator this is just some wikipedia knowledge aviator businessman best known uh, for making which generally considered the first widely reported modern uh, unidentified flying object sighting um as he was in mount rainier washington so and then flight 19 this one's pretty cool highly recommend taking a look into it so this group of torpedo bombers they disappeared over the the bermuda triangle just for making a routine run and so they completely lost contact with um, their navy officers and like their navigation system all went down and so all 14 men were still lost we don't know what happened to this day and what's crazy is that another ship from florida came out i think from fort lauderdale 13 uh, crew members on that ship missing don't know what happened that's really cool that's actually um flight 19 uh was also the uh bermuda triangle conspiracy mm-hmm. and uh i think they were saying i guess they figured out that like these gases shoot up oh and, and that... make like uh crazy waves so they're like the bombers come down and then these crazy waves come up like out of the blue it just, just like, swallows them. Took them whole. So, I mean, that's like... UFO stuff. I mean, there's been, like... So, again, like... UFO stuff there, too. Yeah. There's a lot of people that have done that. Like, just gone missing over the Bermuda Triangle. Right? Oh, so yeah. 25 people, yeah. 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 So, I mean, again, sus shit. So, kind of going back, that's why, like, he started just really looking into it and, like, the nitty-gritty. And so, you know, after these strange incidents... Um, he dedicated his life to the study of paranormal events. So, in the 1950s, he started um, he started his own. This was the first uh, group like dedicated to UFOs and you know paranormal experiences prior to move on. It was called the Flying Saucer Flying Saucer International Flying Saucer Bureau. Sorry about that, aka the IFSB. And so, again, first major civilian UFO club, and it was more just you know personal interest you know nerds talking in their basement or in this case their attics mm-hmm. at the end of the day you know oh you know. Huh, that's interesting. i mean we're that's not like, that like, doesn't similar to us it. at all but you know we're not in the basement and we're not anything. in anyone's basement and this cool. is a professionally well put together it's called the stew okay yeah this is definitely a studio aka the oh, we don't stew. name it chambers of what was it, what is it? Oh, the chamber of horrors <laughs> <laughs> That's what I call my basement. <laughs> Got some weird BDSM <laughs> shit going down there. That's what I call, what I call Ross's bathroom. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. Got two kitty litters in there. So I got two kitties, and they're, like, just figuring out where, like... Like, they they were pretty bad in the beginning about the bathroom. And, like... Oh, okay. So I put, like, just litter boxes on every floor. And then now it's, like, they're figuring out which ones they like. I got the cats are a little easier than dogs, though. Oh, yeah. I'd rather clean up cat poop than dog shit because they're like all over the place so oh yeah my yeah. dog will shit everywhere <laughs> doesn't care yeah doesn't care no so you have to pick like a good spot like they have to really like their spot and the worst thing about a dog is they'll stare you right down like eye to eye contact like 
Isn't apparently that they're like they're like you got yo you got my back right nothing nothing nothing's happening. That's when they feel vulnerable and they're pooping. That's why they're in a store. We were in a store in the uh, middle of Manhattan, dude. My sister's little dog. He was like she was walking on the ground. Mm -hmm. There's probably like 150 people in this place. Dog takes a shit right in front of everybody. And she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, what are you, why are you talking to it? Like, it doesn't understand. Yeah, yeah. Had, to, had to go. Well, he's yeah. like, what do you mean, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah. We're outside, yeah, right? business. Let's go to this vision correction place. Know, make right? sure you can see this. Oh, man. Dogs, no. Yeah. I mean, I love all animals. I had a rabbit that used to shit everywhere. And I uh, had to train her to, like, actually use the litter box. You can train um, a rabbit? You can train a rabbit? Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. they, they'll sure? use the litter box. Yeah. Hmm. Do rabbits so, do like carrots? They actually like carrots? I think they're bad. They like everything. Um, they like cell phone covers. Uh, oh, shit. Like, they like... Two from your house? Yeah. They like uh, wires. Uh, that's one. Uh, she, she like... Uh, I had this uh, old chair that a neighbor of mine gave me, and she like went inside the chair and made her little, little nest. Burrow. Yeah, so she chewed out the, the bottom of it. Yeah, a little well, lazy boy and was would live in there. Made rabbit stew. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was actually really good. I was, I was, I was, you know, there was a lot of th it was a good learning experience, and yeah. you know, you didn't I have mean, any baby rabbits, did you? Uh, no, I, I, honestly, I'm I'm kind of happy. Like, uh, she went to a good home. Okay. You know? okay, not that I failed her or anything, just that it was, she went to a very nice farm. What was her name? Uh, Wait, she went to the farm? Yeah. Her name, I didn't name her. Her name was Claire. Claire. She was a rescue rabbit from, okay. from Hamden. Oh, she was like, I only took her because she was in the snow. And okay. it's like, keep outside. Mm. And it was like, her whole... Uh, Just enclosure. Was enclosure outside. was like, like frozen over. Yeah. So... You didn't rescue anything. So I took her in for a little while. And learned, I learned a lot. But yeah, she would like, her little pellets would be on the bed. Yeah. So I had to like train her for a little while, train her how to use it. Yeah. So if you decide to get a rabbit, that's the kind of things you have to deal with. Okay. They don't care. They will chew up everything. Yeah. Be careful. Your clothes. But they are very loving, and they will hump yeah. a male rabbit. Will hump a doll. I've seen her hump like a stuffed animal all the time. Yeah. They have girlfriends. But all right, going back to Bender. So his his encounter really was just strange because. I guess it was just he was learning too much at too quick of a rate. And so any paranormal activity or any, like, sighting that would happen, he was the first one to report on it. And so he, him and this group, or, you know, him and the IFSB, they started this magazine called Space Review. And so yeah. this was to help kickstart their agenda, you know, inform their base. And, you know, Albert and a few friends, one of them, Gary Barker, which I'll bring up a little bit later, were starting writing, art, starting writing articles, any research they had, you know, just small things and just informing the public. And But, you know, obviously other people were reading this as well. So, you know, quickly after he started releasing this content, he'd be getting, like, weird phone calls. And, you know, very unexplainable, so, like, eerie shit, you know. Some, like, he kind of explained it as, like, the silence, but it almost had a robotic slash metallic, like metallic sounding noises. So it's like you know that old school faxy, just like and then like nothing. And so this is a quote from the book. So I received a strange phone call while I was alone in my den. When I lifted the receiver, there was no reply, but I sensed somebody was on the other end of the line. 
All at the same time, my head began to spin and ache. No voice answered when I spoke, but nevertheless, I seemed to receive a message, as if telepathically. The message decreed I should not delve into the saucer mystery any further. As I listened to the phone, I then heard a strange throbbing, a throbbing and humming sound, and then suddenly, as if a knife had cut it out, the noise was gone. I got an unusual dial tone without the click of anyone replacing receiver. And so this was back in the day, you know, you had to be plugged in from the opera. You know, you call an operator, they unplug your shit, and you hear that disconnect, that click. So this is, you know, obviously people with technology. Like, hey, man, we're going to mess around today. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> they just call you. Old timey. Click in right now. Like, I don't know. Like Jane, like, Jane from the operating station, she was a nice woman. You know, I'm sure they had, like, a nice conversation before yeah. connecting with anybody, you know. Say operator. what's up. See operator. what your family's like. And so, again, but this, he kind of, he took this with, you know, a grain of salt and was, you know, continued his research, didn't really talk about it, like, kind of just plugging along. And so, uh, Classic Nerd, he went to a sci-fi convention and he awesome. returned to find, like, he returned to his house, you know, his, his stepdad wasn't home. And when he opened the door, he just smelled sulfur. And so, you know rather peculiar and this man is very OCD you know as the chief timekeeper you can tell like he knew where all of his notes were you know he was probably locked up in some file cabinet with like you know do not disturb and you know when you're a kid and you have like caution tape over your files and stuff but so came back obviously he knew that his notes had been messed with and then you know someone had been poking around and he still couldn't get the smell of sulfur you know out of the air and so as the days went on, you know, he started to recognize figures following him. And so the one characteristic that he always pointed out was they had glowing eyes. And, you know, they would anywhere from the movie theater to out in the public to in the streets, you know. And any time he would see these eyes, he would get this, like, weird gut feeling. Like, he would start to become sick. Do you, do you think he had, like, watched Star Wars? The original one and Dude, saw just, those little uh, Jabberwockies. Oh, it's one. I don't know. This is prior, and he probably you know Lucas was probably talking to this man while he's doing it. You know, oh, in wait. the womb. This was wait. This when was this? This was forty seven. This was like this right was like in the fifties. Oh, like okay. I guess like, Star Wars didn't come out in seventy seven. Oh yeah, maybe, maybe Lucas yeah. got it from him. From him. Like, yeah, Lucas probably. taking you know. I, I don't know. Sorry about that. Oh no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> and so I mean, this is when like. Like, the telepathic thing I was talking about, like, how they had this weird feeling, like, anytime they're in close encounters, it was just, like, he would get a headache, and he would taste this, like, you know, what, farts or methane, or mm-hmm. sulfur is more yeah. like eggs. Yeah, like rotten eggs. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> That's <laughs> like coming like to collect your taxes, bitch. The burning, like, when you fart, and it's a really burning coming oh, out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, then it's, like, sulfur. Oh, you get that rotten egg shells. <laughs> You're like, oh, that would, that would hurt. It. Oh, that sorry, guys. Hot, warm. Well, it's like, I don't know. It's like, if, oh, okay. But, and so, again, this is a, so one night, he actually, without, you know, any sort of, you know, contact, they, they obviously had been watching him. They they knew when his stepfather would be gone and not, like, wasn't there and was not there. So, one night, three men dressed in black suits and Hamburg hats. And so for you that don't know, Hamburg hats are just pretty much old-time fedoras that I don't know why they have a difference, but that's what they were wearing. And so apparently they had, uh, this is where they had that telepathic communication with him. And so they opened the door 
and they told him to stop his research, UFO research, and even threatened him. And they confiscated all of his materials and disappeared in a yellow smoke with a trail of sulfur behind him. Sounds like a bad porn movie. Oh, my God. With farts. Oh, God. I just imagine, like, fat bastard. Like, get over here, baby. Plates of his own skin. Oh, wait, wait, that was the other dude, right? Oh, yeah. gold member. Yeah, gold member. And so... Meshing them all together. Fat, fat... Fat bastard gold member. Oh, the the fat fat gold member bastard? Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's a good yeah. yeah. Morph them together. It'll nice. happen. So, apparently they had... A, the only communication that they have, and this is from his book, um, was, was happening telepathically. And so, we've been watching you and your activities. Please be advised to discontinue delving into the mysteries of the universe. We will make another appearance if you disobey. I replied in words, though my lips did not move. Why aren't you friendly to us? As if we do not mean you any harm or any harm to you. We have a special assignment, came the reply. It must not be disturbed by your people. As I tried to re, um, re, uh, re, re, remonstrate, oh, oh God, yeah. As I tried to remonstrate, I was interpreted by another statement. We are among you, and we know your every move. So please be advised, we're here on your earth. Sorry about that. Oh no, you're good. It's it's the time. It's, it is the time. I liked how you went. You had two different voices. So I was trying. To, I was thinking of that, like that eerie, like tag me in. Oh, I should have tagged you. Oh, man, my bad. Okay, so this obviously spooked the shit out of him, and so three men came to his house. You know, described them as you know that six three classic. You know, as we were describing earlier, not really many facial features. They kind of didn't know how to act. Like, they would just, like, walk around. His, like, like no human common courtesy. Like, it's like, obviously, like, they were trying to learn on the spot, like, how to be a normal person and conduct just these interrogations. So, obviously, scared, scared shitless. He officially closed down the space review and the IFSB. And then gave an interview to a local newspaper, and then he said that he'd been visited by three men wearing dark suits, and they had ordered him to stop publishing material about falling saucers, you know. And then he kind of ended it, you know. The last thing he wrote was for advising anyone involved in saucer research to be very cautious. And so one of his friends, you know, kind of like to connect the dots between uh, Harold Dahl um, and Albert Bender, so. Gary Barker was one of the of his friends that kind of wrote in the Space Review magazine, and so years later, after finding out about what happened with Harold Dahl, he wrote about it. I think I got to find the book. It was in like 1956 was when he wrote it. I'll find that for you. And so that's when you know this strange events, like two completely separate entities happening around the same time. Followed, but with these mysterious men. So, but yeah, that's what I have in Albert Bender. You know, uh, after this, apparently he found a nice lady wife and settled down and, you know, had been very happy. So I don't think he really delved back into much of the, you know, paranormal, but that's. They're, like, they're on a date and she's like, 
He's like, what do you like to do? I like turning back clocks. Yeah. Exactly. Also, like, at what point in the relationship do you let that, like, so, yeah, by the way, I'm being followed by shadowy government figures, and I may or may not have seen some aliens, but, yeah. yeah. But, you know, I, I, I really <laughs> liked our date the other you? day. Am I mysterious enough for you? Or is that, like, you wait after you propose to tell her that? Oh, God. Maybe she was into it. She's like, oh, you're so exciting. You're a bad boy. So it's after, like, what do you like, bring that? It's like you've been bowl- you went out bowling or something, and, you know, you're like, well, I have had some, you know, encounters with... Uh, do what now? Excuse me? But, again, very sus. It's, 50, you know, 70 years ago at this point, so it's hard. Again, you guys, I recommend reading the book, you know, Flying Saucers and Three Men. Here's a funny thing. I mean, I wonder if we've all, everyone, has seen some some type of alien encounter, and we've all been wiped. Hmm. We just didn't know. We would never know. In our water. In our yeah, the water. Get flashed by the uh, Baltimore water. They just tapped our water supply. You ever walk into a room and then not remembered why you went in? Yeah. Oh. Oh snap! Alien was there. Flash. You're like, boom. Forget why you walked upstairs. I think I've been getting flashed a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. I've been. I would. Today, this morning, I went to uh, get some coffee, like a refill. So I go, and uh, I forget my wallet. So then I go back in the car, and I and I get my wallet, and then I forgot my cup. Jeez. And I was like, oh my goodness. Dude, it's one of those mornings, though. Yeah. Dude, they, they get you at every little second. I think they're just yeah. fucking with us, too. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I'm just... Sometimes oh, it's not there, too. You know? Yeah. It's like, I do that sometimes. Like, I'll go get some food. I'll be thinking about a million other things, and I'll walk up to the register. Like, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, like, what do you say? Excuse me. Oh, can I give a? Uh, <laughs> uh, what do you like here? <laughs> Have y'all ever given plasma? Mm-mm. No. Okay. Is it like a bone marrow transplant yeah. or something? For some, if I, I recommend not doing it. But I did it in, in college because they'd pay you fifty dollars okay. each time. But uh, I remember the first time, like I, I was getting my physical and everything, and she's like. Uh, you're pretty healthy. Like, uh, don't do this. <laughs> right? Just looked at me. It was like, she was like, don't do this. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then like her face switched. She's like, all right, are you ready? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. What are you hiding from <laughs> me? <laughs> Get out of here right now. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Just like dual personality disease. Yeah, she was doctor, like, like... she's like, don't worry about it. And I was like, but you just said, don't do this. What do you? What did you just say? Excuse me. Yeah. So how'd you figure out you did it? You know, I did it a couple of times, and I would be tired. Yeah. And there was like a Burger King right there oh, in yeah. the same little parking yeah. lot. Yeah. So then I'd like get like a seven dollar meal, and then I didn't have fifty dollars. I had forty three dollars. <laughs> Gone like that. That's how they get you, dude. And then I had to go get gas. Yeah. Dude, that's like fucking jury like, duty. Okay, that's my whole buddy. And then I, I, I was oh. tired the whole day, and it wasn't worth it. They pay you 15 bucks, and then you're so pissed you just spend it on lunch, like, yeah. when you, they let you go. Yeah. I was so tired and exhausted, I was just like, I just wanted to get some fast, like, really, literally fast food and go Don't home. they give you donut stuff when you go get blood, for that reason, or bagels or something? This, this place was interesting because it was like, like, everybody from the inner city in Richmond... And basically, like it was just rows of people, kind of like those, uh, like those flesh, oh, the like the fleshy, uh, I thought you said uh flesh people, the flesh just like people, the, like yeah, you know, you ever been to like a like a fleshlight salon and oh, you exactly. just like, got in a line and <laughs> stare at the other person because they tried different you. models, yeah, 
No, like, uh, what's that? What's that weird uh, creature that we were talking about last week? Um, no shit, uh, cryptozoology shit. Um, the Morpheus the, the, blobs. Yeah, the the big blob people that they just like have the feeding tubes and then yeah. it's it kind of like that, mm. you know. But then there was like it was really interesting because everybody was really interesting and their and what what they'd comment on. You know, oh, and yeah, and he'd be like, "Yo, after this, I'm gonna be flossing." And then, then, and then <laughs> fifty dollars gone. <laughs> and, yeah, and then the nurse would be like, "You're not flossing. Like, look at your shoes." He's like, "What? These are Air Force Ones." He's like, "Exactly." That <laughs> was really funny. How do they? Where do they take it from? Like your veins? Or? They take the plasma yeah, out awesome. from yeah your vein. Like they they draw out your blood. Yeah, it cycles out the plasma, which they use for uh, what you know to save lives. And then um, Doing your they they put the like sugar I guess sugar water back into you. <laughs> I don't know what they put back into me, but basically, this is the reason why I am who I am. Probably, yeah. The money's not in blood plasma, man. It's in sperm. Ooh. Yeah, you know, you get like 175 bucks a week. Yeah, but I think you have to be like yeah, you got to be over six six feet, be yeah, white, yeah. have perfect teeth. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have like perfect teeth, you know. But then like yeah. the other two, uh, I just I wasn't there. You know? <laughs> yeah. Wasn't tall enough, didn't graduate. <laughs> it's like he's not tall. Sorry. Oh, God. It's probably had a lot of other things that I was doing in college. <laughs> probably didn't help. Where we all? Oh, so, shit. I, I, I was like, oh, no. next year. We'll get after it. I, I'll, I'll gain six feet, you know. Yeah. I'll gain six inches in a week. Don't yeah. worry about it. But 25 years old. <laughs> I'm still, I haven't hit my last bit of spring. That's gotta be weird too, like you know, like giving sperm, and then you know, twenty years later, your kid knocks at your door. It's like, hey, you're my dad. I think it'd be weird if, like, what if, like, your your like your daughter, right, that you had with like your wife, met the son of of your donated sperm, and then they started dating. What are they doing? Like, are they? That's that was. uh, That's fertilizing things, you know. Like, are they making an army? Like, yeah, this is Walt Disney. Yeah, this is what I was thinking. But then, like, what if they, like, get together and have, like, like inbred children? Oh, you can choose the level of involvement you have, I'm pretty sure. If, like, if you want to be in the kid's life, you can. I don't uh, think so. No. 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 I think you, you get can. paid. Really? I think you get paid. He's, he's checked this out. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Like, <laughs> I'm in the application okay. process. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like, uh, are there options for... Yeah, you can, yeah. like, uh, have, like, check-ins with the kid. Wow. Hmm. You can choose to have them have no idea who you are, too. Yeah. It's like PayPal. Uh, what was that? Uh, that one. It wasn't PayPal. Something Graham. Friend Graham. Oh no! I'm not something Pal. PayPal. Letter Pal. Letter Pal. What? Do we have, uh, pen pals. Pen pals. Oh, pen pal. <laughs> oh, oh God! I was thinking of websites for so long. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I knew it was something Pal, and I was just like, God, pencil Pal. So every time we do this, they pay you 175 bucks. Oh my God! And you can do it on unlimited times. I think it's once a week. Once a week. Once a week. It's pretty good. How, but like, do, do you have this your is also sperm like, guy? I think it's also about where you go. You know, you go to okay. a bougie clinic in a bougie neighborhood. Sure, you're gonna okay, get paid sure, more. Sure, sure, you're okay. going to like yeah. a random med star. You know, <laughs> some back alley sperm doctor. That's where I. Like, <laughs> like, oh like, so there is no height. It's limit. actually the same place you gave <laughs> plasma. <laughs> you take it off. Yeah, it's, it's the same place you gave your plasma. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we floss it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if we want to get back to Men in Black, I have just a last last ditch points. Um, kind of to flesh this out, and 
I didn't really do too much delving into, but I just thought it was interesting. For anyone who needs to look up another UFO sightings, the Phoenix Lights. And so this is another like pretty famous recorded one in history. And what's great about it, it's happened in 1997. So we actually have a lot more footage and a lot more like witnesses. But it's interesting that the reactions to it, you know, it, it died down so soon. Like, you know, people were talking about it. Even when I was, I was looking at accounts from Dr. Lynn D. Katai. And so this is a, you know, medical, you know, person of the medical, who has a medical degree. I think she graduated from Temple. And then she quit her job just to follow this story. And she became so involved with it. And so she had one of, like, the most convincing pieces of footage that was recorded. And so initially she saw six lights, like six orbs hovering over Phoenix for like two hours. And so slowly, they were kind of in like a V formation. And then the when she got her camera out, it dwindled down to three lights. And so this is, you know, there's so many, even the the governor, uh, you know, the ex-governor of uh, Kettler, Arizona at the time, was a Fife Symington. It was kind of interesting because he denied seeing it during his, you know, serving his time. He even made jokes about it, you know, he brought in an alien, like on stage after it happened to see. Oh, we arrested the guy, and oh, I, you I know, do remember this, yeah, mm-hmm, something uh-huh. like that. And then, so what was interesting is that so the connection is with the Men in Black. So part of Councilwoman Frances Barwood. So he, she was actually contacted by um, by a gentleman. She didn't give the information of the gentleman with footage of the night of the Phoenix Lights, and so, you know, this is great. You know, she'll. Send send over the information. So the next day, the man was you know intercepted by these two men in black suits, and so they had asked for the footage. And so you know he thought he was there were working with Councilwoman Barwood, and so he just handed over all you know the tapes he had, any pictures, and then had no response from the councilwoman. And you know she was pretty eager to see it, you know get the footage because you know she saw she witnessed it herself. She even brought it up in a, a council meeting with, you know, the governor was there. And so she brought it up, the whole room went silent, you know. And afterwards, she was speaking with another councilwoman or council member, and they said, you know, the governor didn't want us to bring that up. Mm. And so kind of spooky, you know. I, that's kind of my I'm working hypothesis that, you know, men in black in connection with the federal government. Because, you know, after Fife Symington, the governor, he retired he there's interviews with him you know he, this was a navy pilot you know he had flown all he was you know a military man has been around all sorts of heavy machinery and he said this was foreign technology that he had never seen before and just you know but the, the interesting thing is is the, he did a little flop so somehow he was informed I don't know who or what federal source or what connection. He didn't really talk about that. I guess he has, you know, just written disclaimers and whatnot. But I, th- I believe that, you know, these people were on, you know, control or quality, what is it, uh, chaos control or whatever. They're putting out the fires left and right. Mm-hmm. Because for some reason, you know, they, they even the government had said that they were testing lights or something like that. They were testing, uh, what was it, the... Like heavy, I forget their excuse, but when thousands of people were just reporting this, reporting this, that you know, any 
any government affiliated person with this information, they were immediately hit by these uh, by these two men, and they're the damage control. Sorry. So obviously, the, I think you know, there's been so many like from Roswell to to Washington State, that whole West Coast. There's been so many sightings. I, they I, they must have a base somewhere in California, somewhere in the desert. You know that just has, you know, anytime these sightings happen or people are on the ground talking, talking shit, they come and they yeah. look, they come for you. Interesting, like the men in black, the way that we're describing them, because I think that you can also say like the CIA, you know, in the Middle East, mm-hmm. men in black as well, like the shadowy government that are pulling oh, yeah. the strings and stuff like that. It's like that back... Just kidding, that doesn't happen. Yeah. Don't, you know. so, but don't anyways, but... Um, I hope you play that song after the end of this podcast. Which one? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, we also need some, like, uh, members to subscribe, you know, so that when we do get sued... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Only 15 Got about. seconds. If you play it for 15 seconds. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Wait, that's is that's that... a good idea. Okay. I forgot what else I was going to say because I, I actually like your idea. Was there any uh, reviews of the actual movie Men in Black? I actually haven't seen the 2019 one. I'll, I'll give my I review. I, the first one I loved. Yeah. Of course. The second one. The second one's I was, pretty good. I, I love the first one. Then I like the second one. I was, I was disappointed in the second one. And then the third one, when he goes back, right? And he, he has to deal with the racist cops. <laughs> I'm like, yes. Yeah, it was pretty garbage. Yeah. Uh, this one looks like this one looked terrible. Yeah, but um, I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, they they put a fun spin on it. I really like the like the creepy pasta Men in Black stories, and I've been I watched some uh, YouTube videos of like Mm. uh, these two uh, Men in Black that like come into a uh, I guess one this like an employee at a hotel or something was telling his friends and other people around that he had seen like UFOs, Mm. and these two like really tall. Uh, Mibs came through looking for him. Mm. He wasn't. He wasn't there. So, yeah. I feel time. like that has to be like the top five Halloween outfit too. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Oh, I was yeah. there for Halloween one year. Been in dude, black. Dude, that was a. It was a craze though. Because yeah. because it came out for like ten years. We had or how long was the saga? Like from the first one to the third one? Because those like we had some consistent storyline. You know, the first one came out in like ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, it's been out for for a very long time. You know, like a twenty year run. Will Smith was like our age. Yeah, maybe younger. He was killing it. Yeah, he was like twenty nine. Well, it seems like the real life Men in Black are not quite as fun. Oh, no. no, as Will Smith and Tommy gun. Lee Jones. Well, no, yeah, they've never pulled. Fucking alien. He's living his best life. <laughs> I would say like. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly, I think like the movies probably have better technology. No, you know, I don't know. I'm one of those sticks, though. You know, I mean, seems like the real life ones just intimidate nerds. <laughs> Their full time job. Uh, uh, nerds intimidating other nerds. Misinformation yeah. tactics. Uh, it's interesting. Like you were talking about how some of the uh, MIBs, like their eyes, like close. Yeah, yeah. Those like, like uh, horizontally instead of vertically. Mm. And then, uh, so are you, are you more inclined to think that they are um, like some sort of alien, or do you think that they're more like governmental type people? I think that if people are telling the truth about like ha- having no lips and how they weirdly talk and weirdly move, that they're probably, you know, if that is true, then 
they're why would they like hot like you're leaning more towards alien yeah i'm thinking like reptilian shapeshifter i don't know i think but probably both to be I honest think, they probably work together i'm thinking side side. alien automation so they alien, alien automation oh, so yeah, it's like machine learning and yeah. so it's like they've kind of programmed this thing that doesn't know how to be human but just has like an internal protocol mm. and it's like we must stop all information you know it's like they probably have like a running server in their head and then like they've been kind of like they're like these robots placed by extraterrestrials and that's their damage control and they're these men that you know have one mission they don't sleep they you know they don't, sleep. they don't do anything else but you know go and search for and hunt nerds down so hunt nerds down well Nerd um, does anyone else have any anything they want to say I think that's no? it okay well you know I think we covered a lot of good stuff like we definitely hit some cool uh, accounts on the men in black uh, if you so guys have anything else I'm, I think I'm with Adam here I think yeah. we got maybe quasi government quasi alien maybe a little bit of both I just think the one thing I take away from it most is definitely just how unnatural these guy, I guess men people I don't know what to call them yeah. it's just like because everyone always talks about how there's just something not quite right. Mm. You know, it's like at first glance, passing looks okay, but then you see the lipstick, then you see the eyes are closing like a reptile. I don't know. Mm. I think so. And I'm, I think they're all full of shit. <laughs> just kidding. No, I'm with you. Uh, <laughs> taking, you gotta take them out. Yeah. They're a danger to our nerves. Our JKs are also, there's like some fear. I believe that our government is very, very, very shady. Oh, yeah. I feel like we have a lot of things that are set up not only you know f- like for like alien type beings but also for just other things and uh to, to put anything past them would just be looking at this america blindly i think our government is, is the best and the greatest and we love you I support you <laughs> don't impeach him <laughs> we're spreading the fires guys <laughs> don't watch it yeah one thing I will say, I do, uh, I do respect the fact that you know that dude does not get budged by anything. Everything yeah. Teflon done, no. everything rolls off of him, man. Uh, <laughs> it's hilarious. It's, it's, how do you fucking sleep gold, at night? He's, it's he's, comedy gold. It's gotta be. I will say one thing, like watching his one uh, inaugural, not inaugural, his uh, message to the country. Oh yeah. About uh, Iran. Yeah. Yeah. He, he couldn't he like, he, like, a dog. like his breath like he couldn't catch his breath yeah. like like he was uh he's nervous like he was, yeah. like he was going like he was going through some like PTSD like he was all amped up and yeah uh, yeah I think that made a million dollars or something it's a weird thing man you know standing at the podium talking to the the world talking about how you just murdered somebody um, mm-hmm. it's a dude, it's to be president is uh, is a weird thing in itself. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Uh, so, I don't know why you don't, don't want to do it, but yeah. to go back to Men in Black for a second, you know Thank what you. I would love to see is uh, Seth Rogen as Doll and James Franco as the guy who owns the fucking yeah. magazine. Oh, yeah. just, oh he killed my dog, man! The story is just waiting for a movie. James Franco. He, We're gonna pitch it. He likes yeah, we should pitch it, man. It'd be a good movie. He, he's one of those casting cops. Have you guys seen uh, 
side note. Have you guys seen Disaster Art? No. Oh, Disaster Artist? It's a good yeah. movie. Oh, it's, it's so funny. I love at the end when they show the side-by-side yeah. shot recreations. It's so funny. It, it kind of sucks because like, James Franco, I really liked him in like Pineapple Express and stuff. Yeah. And, but there's like some, there's been some claims that he's he's mistreated women and stuff. And mm. even like uh, secondhand from someone here in Maryland. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. Shit. Um, so, I don't know. Like, I take I take back what I said. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, if you're an actor or, like, a musician, like, if you're out in the public and you're beloved, you know, I mean, even even if you're just a regular person like us, like, just be a good person. Don't, mm. don't like, treat women badly. Don't be, like, a little diddler. Uh, Hot take so, from Adam. Yeah. Be a so good dude. Yeah, man. James Franco, you... You broke my heart. Yeah. I'll talk to James and see what he says. <laughs> yeah, we'll get him on the podcast. So. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, that, that's it. Um, I mean, we covered a lot of really cool stuff today, and I think we can go back and figure out if we want to cover more yeah. on it. Um, we'll keep you posted. Yeah, for sure. And then, uh, and that's pretty much it. Uh, I hope everybody listening uh, has a really great day. Mm-hmm. Send you any and, suggestions? Yeah, and love. Yeah, let us know your thoughts on um, our Instagram page. That's tales underscore of underscore the underscore cryptids. If I if I can get rid of the underscores, do you think that'd be better? Um, or maybe, maybe if I change one. Well, maybe if I put like or just one. Yeah, because it's a lot of events. Can't do it without the, the underscore. Yes, you can. But you can. Yeah. I just need like at least one in there. No, no. I was thinking maybe even TOTC Ooh. at TOTC. I like that. That'd be bad. That's a we little can, buzzword. Can vote on it because I feel like when I'm saying this or any of us are saying it, it's so long. T O T C. Yeah, it rolls really well. Tatsi. Yeah. The, the like ta- All right. We might be changing it. So maybe we'll change our IG uh, to Tatsi. Cool. And it's just easier. It's, it's easier to type in. That's true. So. Peace, love, and rock and roll. Yeah. Love y'all. Kisses. Tales of the Cryptids podcast is brought to you by Jam from the Fam. Jam from the Fam is an Australian-born, American-made chili jam that's delicious with every bite. You can check them out at www.jamfromthefam.com or you can go to at Jam from the Fam on their social media. Make sure to check these guys out. That jam is delicious and you'll never want to go back. Jam from the Fam.